I'll be talking about more than just the Benjamins. Welcome to Fintech Beat, where finance, technology, and policy come together. I'm your host, Chris Brummer, and the future of finance is now. Very often, academics, technologists, and politicians talk about national security and digital assets, but it's rare that folks get the chance to talk to our real experts, those brave men and women who serve in our armed forces tasked with safeguarding democracy. Which is why when I convened a seminar at Georgetown last week tackling the topic, I wanted to make sure that we heard from the military. And I was absolutely floored by Colonel Sarah Dudley's willingness to step up to the plate and offer her thoughts on what national security means to her in the context of digital assets. And let me be clear, there is perhaps no one better to ask from her perch from U.S. Army Special Operations Command. So sit back and get ready for perhaps the best 10 minutes ever on the podcast to hear just what she thinks. Now, she emphasized, and it is important to keep in mind for these kinds of things, that she is speaking for herself, not for the Army and not for the Special Operations Command. That said, I guarantee you that the conversation will expand your thinking on the subject. It's certainly full of surprises. I am delighted to have with me Colonel Sarah Dudley here uh, from our nation's uh, capital. Uh, Colonel Dudley, I see that you are in your car. Maybe you can explain to us and to the audience why you are in your car. All right. So I'm in my car because I definitely didn't want to miss out on this opportunity to speak to you today. And I am unable to use my military accounts to get through to your podcast. And so I've been relegated to my car in the parking lot outside of the JFK Special Warfare Center and School down at Fort Liberty, North Carolina. All right. Well, 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 well thank you nonetheless for joining us and, you know, uh, for all the students as well who are who are watching. Uh, I know that they are extremely uh, uh, pleased uh, to have you. So um, certainly uh the topic that we're going to talk about is going to be on artificial intelligence and crypto and national security. Uh, when you when you think about, in particular, I guess we'll start with with the the older topic of crypto first, and then maybe moving into the artificial intelligence question. I mean, uh, what what uh, you know for you are are some of the national security questions? I mean, here. Uh, uh, both on this program, but also for the students uh, and, and others watching uh, this interview, there's a larger conversation about the place of the United States and the international economy, technology, how competitive are we, but also what are the risks? I mean, like uh, from, from, from the standpoint of, of our military, I mean, where, how do you sort of judge those apples and oranges? Right. So, um, I would say that's, uh, I'll lead off with, why are you talking to an army finance officer, right? So <laughs> um, I would say that because the army is in its uh, development of modernization and trying to keep pace with the technological advances around the world, um, I'm a finance officer. And so we primarily deal with the trifecta of resourcing, which is people, money, and things. 
And so the money side, uh, the army expends a lot of money um, just in its day-to-day business. And so obviously there's a demand for us to keep pace with the evolution of financing um, and value transfer systems around the world because as a ground owning force, we need to be able to react and interact with populations anywhere around the world, as well as our partner nations in the way that they would like to convert and or transmit finances, money or, or value amongst, uh, amongst the world. So, um, I have been involved with trying to keep us up to date on digital assets as a broader category, um, cryptocurrencies in particular, because obviously in national security, not only do we want to be able to um, transmit our funding in the most secure way possible to try to avoid funding the enemy, um, but we also help to contribute to the broader um U.S. government and being able to detect and figure out the way our adversaries are spending money, obviously in ways at which they try to work in gaps and seams between what is solid, regulated, and traditional. So uh, very important for the military, very important for the Army. That's sort of your key up. That is so cool surprising answer a little bit, you know, uh, you know, uh, from, 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 uh, this law professor's, uh, standpoint, like, like, oh, wow, that's, 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 but also very logical when you, when you say it, uh, when it, when it comes to sort of financing our partners and, and making sure that they are adequately resourced for their objectives, does this mean, um, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, how value is transferred? Does this mean exploring new ways in which value is transferred? So not just, I guess, I guess it makes sense. I guess you're not like, you know, necessarily just writing a paper check and putting it in the mail, uh, and sending it into a war zone. Uh, does this mean sort of exploration of other, other digital rails, in, in, including digital assets? Like, um, maybe you can elaborate. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, we want to, uh, I think after two decades of the war on terror and seeing the ways at which elements that we partnered with had massive warp in their own underlying economic systems, the way that we were infusing U.S. dollars into those areas, we want to cause the least harm possible. We want to transact in the way that they want to receive money and try to work within elements that they're comfortable with. So uh, as opposed to enforcing or, or imploring them to utilize our currency, while it does have value above which you know their own currency or even digital assets might have in some cases, we want to have the option to be able to transmit to them in a way that they would like to receive support from the military uh, that's in their footprint. Really super interesting stuff. And I guess you're also, as you said, you're, you're sort of getting information about, well, how adversaries may be doing that as well. And, and so maybe there's, there's some learning by doing. I mean, maybe one or two insights that you can tell us without me having to worry about, you know, uh, later being assassinated. <laughs> yeah. And so you just hit right on right on the money. Like, how can we help discern what's happening around us if we're not already in that environment? especially in all of the digital progression of cryptocurrency, stable coins, of 
NFM, you know, NFTs, NFTs uh, yeah. uh, the new and emerging uh, CBDCs, how are, you know, we do a lot of transfers with other um, governments. So we have to be in those environments to understand how to transact ourselves, but then also how to discern what's happening around us and or how our adversaries might be utilizing these um, for, you know, nefarious purposes against the national interests of the United States. So, so I, I'll I'll do a, a quick turn um, to I guess the, the the latest and greatest issue of of, of AI and generative AI. I mean, um, from a financial standpoint, from a finance officer standpoint, I mean, are there any green, yellow, or red flags that kind of pop up or or, or that you personally find kind of interesting when you when you think about these developments? Yeah. So AI, I think, is is spectacular. Uh, in what it can offer, I think that it helps reduce the cognitive load on a human being for things that can be very well defined. Um, AI can help with that in all sorts of in all sorts of ways outside of just finance, but other military purposes. Um, but in terms of the challenges, is because it decreases cognitive load, it increases exponentially the time at which we have to react to be able to either counter or um, discern what is happening in a financial transaction. So when computers are trading um, rapidly and or financial payments are being approved in a way that is automatic, um, that significantly decreases the amount of time we have to, as a sensing system of having army elements around the world uh, on the ground, like to be able to tell our partners that we're working with what is happening, right? So AI just, unless we could develop counter systems at which can alert us immediately to what they think, what is happening. Um, it's really a game of seconds in terms of being able to react and counter threat finance things in, in those financial spaces. You know, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll end since we are in sort of video land, uh, uh, particularly for some of the uh, uh, audience. You know, when you look forward and this this idea of, of really being involved in these spaces in order to maintain our competitiveness and our national security, you know, like, are, are there any sort of rules of thumb or ideas or experiences that you've found particularly valuable in terms of you know, keeping uh, ahead of the curve? So I think it's like most other items with the army trying to keep up with emerging technologies. And it's basically establishing those little nodes that are not bound by the traditional hierarchy and um, bureaucratic process that the military in particular is well, well known for. Um, it's appreciated for in some things, but um being able to have little nodes. And I think that's why I'm at back at the army special operations command, where the special operations forces are kind of those little generators of um, rapid fail test, try for the big service so that we can figure out what's happening. Um, but then ultimately in this case, in the financial space, one, we want to do no harm with payments that are going out on our, on our behalf of our government, but two um, really making sure that we're still a valuable partner for our um, interagency in, uh, 
organizations that really have the authorities to get into the space with near peers and peer adversaries where the military is traditionally a kinetic option. Um, that is not the space, the gray zone that we find ourselves in these days. And so we want to still be a very supporting partner to our other departments and agencies um, that are and do have authorities to be able to protect the United States on these venues. Well, Colonel, we thank you for your service. This was also just a great and very interesting uh, uh, conversation. And and we'll have to have you back uh, to Georgetown as well uh, to share your thoughts. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Living in Washington, I get the chance to talk a bit more to our nation's armed forces than most. And I want to tell you it is a privilege. They know more about things than most of us mere mortal civilians, and for the most part, they sit quietly doing their job, not looking for fame, but are instead focused on the mission. And what we heard from Colonel Dudley is that the mission requires using all the tools available to get the job done. There is no religious or ideological zealotry about whether to use fiat or digital currency or anything else. And there's a recognition that if you want to master a technology and appreciate how adversaries might wield it, then you have to roll up your sleeves and use it yourself. And who knows, you might even surprise yourself and find something not only redeemable, but also valuable. I think from this standpoint, financial regulators probably have a bit to learn from our armed forces. After all, like regulators, they are tasked with protecting the American people. And the stakes they face are higher than even politics and even the national economy. Yet they serve, and they act, and they move into the arena with an interest in becoming more informed than anyone else, and with the sober eye to the future. That kind of action deserves our respect and admiration. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to get in touch, just hit me up at Chris Brummer DR. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. We'd love to hear from you.